1: Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 21 and verse number 14. And we're going to read a few verses here, and then we're going to also turn to Galatians chapter 4 and read a few verses there. So if you want to uh, maybe put a thumb in Genesis 21 and then quickly find a way to... uh, Somewhere, get close to Galatians 4, we'll be turning there next. So let's start in Genesis 21, verse 14. The Bible says, Abram, Abraham arose up early in the morning, took bread, a bottle of water, gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away. She departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. The water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs, and she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. For she said, Let me not see the death of my child. She sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. Verse 17 And God heard the voice of the lad. The angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not. For God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Amen. For God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 27. Give you a moment to turn there. Galatians 4 and 27, for it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou... That travail us not, for the desolate hath many more children than that, than she which hath an husband. Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. The flesh persecuting the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Amen. The Lord bless you. You could be seated. And I want to read from these two passages that both reference the same experience, the same happening. I want to read, maybe keying in on the final phrase of Genesis chapter 21, verse 17. and I want to preach for just a few minutes this morning on this thought, right where you are. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God hears you right where you are. Amen. I choose this morning to read from both the Old Testament and the New Testament account contained the casting out of Hagar and her son Ishmael. The reading in Genesis chapter 21 provides us the historic account, the play-by-play, if you would, of the mounting tension And the growing strain within the household of Abraham. A disgruntled wife, Sarah, dealing with the regret of a decision that she made in a season of doubt. A decision that perhaps you're aware of the story, but I'll just kind of brush over it to give some awareness. A decision that she made after God had given her and her husband Abraham a promise that a son would be born to them. God delayed, at least in Sarah's mind that God did not do what He promised right away. and So in a season of doubt, she made a decision to give her handmaid Hagar to her husband Abraham. She made this decision that her handmaid Hagar would be a surrogate. That in the relationship as her husband would be given to Hagar, that perhaps Sarah's mindset was perhaps this surrogate would supply the answer that Sarah deemed God was not able to source. That God had made a promise, but that God, Sarah, determined in her mind that God, even though he had made the promise, he was not sufficient to supply and source the promise that he made. And so this, the result of her decision made in a season of doubt was a son named Ishmael. And I would like to pause for just a moment to challenge you in your faith today. Be careful of the decisions that you make in a season of doubt. Amen. The the decisions that you, that I, that we make in a season of doubt will always get a name. They will always have an identity. They will always walk with us in our lifetime. And so I would say be careful of making decisions that impact your future in places of uncertainty. When you don't know what's next. When you don't know what you're going through. When you don't know how to navigate. When you don't know where God is and why he hasn't answered. Be careful of making decisions that will impact your future when you're in a season of uncertainty. Now. Decisions like what color car am I going to buy, those, you know, you know, those are maybe okay to make. But decisions that are going to have an impact and influence your future, be careful in seasons of doubt. I would say right now, we as a human race are in a season of doubt. We're in a time that things are uncertain. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what next. I don't even know what noon holds. I don't know what's going to happen in the next hour, 45 minutes. And I would say in these seasons, be careful of making decisions in seasons of uncertainty. Everybody just write that one down. That's better than what you're going to get in the fortune cookie today at lunch. Amen. That's better than what you're going to look up in the newspaper and depending on what month you were born in, they'll tell you, beware of this. Well, this is the word of God. And I would tell you today, be careful of the decisions that you make in seasons of doubt. If you don't have a sure word from God in what to do next, rely on the last word that you got from God. I'm I'm giving you all some wisdom that's helped me in some times of decision. In times of doubt and uncertainty, when I thought maybe that was the right choice, but I wasn't really sure. And I had a man of God that sat me down and and said, here's what I do in moments like these. uh, That if I didn't get a sure word to proceed, I rest upon the last word that I got from God. And if I haven't gotten a new word from God, if I haven't gotten a sure word from God, I'm not moving. I'm going to stand on the last word that I did get from God. Now, some of you will brush over it and you'll move on, but that might be the best thing you hear today right there. All right, and that's not because I said it. It's because I've relied upon that as an anchor in my life and decision-making. Far too often, a hasty decision made in a season of doubt and uncertainty produces an Ishmael in our lives uh, and that Ishmael serves one reason. Uh, Ishmael will divide and dissect an inheritance uh, that was intended for the promise uh, that God meant to produce in our lives. Uh, And rather than that promise that God is going to produce, being able to inherit everything that God has for us, uh, we have to divide it and dissect it between what God intended for us uh, and between what we produce in a season of doubt. Can I tell you right now that if God gave you a promise, it is his desire that you fully live in that promise. It's not God's desire that you got to give a little bit to Ishmael and give what's left over to Isaac. God's desire is that Isaac gets everything. God's desire is the promise he has spoken in your life uh, that it gets everything. Uh, It gets all of your energy. It gets all of your focus. Uh, It gets all of your attention. Uh, But if you're producing Ishmael in your season of doubt, uh, you've got to give Ishmael half of everything. Well, God intended all of this for my future. But because I produced Ishmael in my season of doubt, I've got to give half of everything to Ishmael. And Genesis chapter 16 verse 3 tells us that the moment it became apparent that Hagar was with child. The Bible says the moment that Sarah learns that Hagar has conceived, that Sarah despised her. From the moment it became undeniable that Hagar was expecting From the moment that Sarah realized that a decision she made in a season of doubt was bringing forth fruit, she began to despise the decision that she made. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long to realize that that was a bad choice. Anybody ever been there? It doesn't take long to realize that in a season of doubt I made a dumb decision and now I'm going to have to live with that thing for a while. From the moment that Sarah realized Hagar had conceived... She despises her. From the moment it became undeniable that Hagar was expecting, Sarah begins to unleash her frustration and her fury upon Hagar. So much to the point the Bible says, Hagar leaves. She says, I'm out of here. I don't have to deal with this, Sarah. This was your idea. You're the one that produced this fruit. You're the one that invited me to go into your husband. You're the one that came up with this idea. I don't have to endure this. I don't have to be treated like this. And so she leaves, and the Bible says the angel comes and says, Go back to Sarah and submit yourself. How many of you know that's a tough pill to swallow? And for 13 years, imagine being Abraham for 13 years. Every husband just went, uh. (laughs) Thirteen years, the tension is mounting. Thirteen years, Sarah would snarl every time Hagar walks in the room. Thirteen years, Sarah would cringe every time Hagar's son would call Abraham daddy. For 13 years, Sarah wrestles with the regret of a choice that she made in a season of doubt. Listen, it may sound like a good decision in the moment. It may sound like the right thing in the moment. But when you make big decisions in seasons of doubt, there's a good chance you're going to snarl every time Hagar walks in the room. That something's going to cringe on the inside of you every time Ishmael calls Abraham daddy. I want to tell you today, be careful of making decisions in a season Season of doubt. And finally, after 13 years of regret, remorse, and resounding tension within the tents of Abraham, Genesis chapter 20 verse 1 says, Finally, after 13 years of Sarah dealing with the regret over a decision she made in a season of doubt, the Bible says that the Lord visits Sarah as he had said. And he did unto Sarah as he had spoken. And I want to say today, it doesn't matter how impossible it looks. It doesn't matter how unlikely it seems, how absurd it appears. It may take 13 days. It might be 13 weeks. It might be 13 months. It might be 13 years. But God is going to do what he said he will do. He said, I came to Sarah and I did unto her like I said I would do. Don't get impatient with the promises of God. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it. But God will always do what he said he would do. The only issue now is not is God going to do what he said he would do. But are you going to have Isaac all to yourself or are you going to have to deal with an Ishmael as well? And now the promise begins to mature. The child Isaac comes to the age of two or three years of age. It's, the Bible simply says he was weaned. That time when he is weaned off of the milk of his mother. Two or three years of age somewhere in there. And so Abraham throws a feast. And his wife witnesses in this feast. He wit- she witnesses Ishmael is mocking her child. And that, as they say, is how the fight got started. Now, it wasn't just Ishmael mocking Isaac. It was everything leading up to the moment. It was, it was every time that Ishmael called Abraham daddy. It was every time Hagar pranced in with Ishmael in her hand, reminding Sarah that she had been the one to produce the promised seed for Abraham. It wasn't just this moment, but this was simply the spark that started the fire. All of the resentment, 13 years of resentment, 13 years of regret, 13 years of pent up, Frustration and anger like a powder keg simply waiting to go off. And when Sarah looks over and she sees Ishmael, Hagar's boy, mocking her boy, the match gets struck and the spark finds the fuse and there was an explosion. Yet here is where the Galatians account of the encounter comes into play. For it is here as Paul writes his letter to the church at Galatia, Paul is readdressing a historic account, but he's given a spiritual understanding of what this historic account was intended to communicate because it's here in the the letter of Galatians that Paul is writing to address a church that is wrestling... Of, uh, between salvation through the law or salvation through the gospel, how are we? The Galatians are wrestling with are we gonna get salvation by going back under Judaism and adhering to the law, or are we gonna obtain salvation through grace? And they're wrestling with this. In fact, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, Paul writes to the church in his opening address and says to them, I marvel. That you are so soon removed from him that called you into grace unto another gospel. I marvel. Paul is saying, it hasn't been that long ago I planted this church. That's what Paul would do. He would travel around and plant a church and feed that church and grow it to a certain point And then he would go and place somebody else as the overkeeper of that church and then he would move to another place and start another church but word has gotten to him that this congregation that has been brought to Jesus Christ through grace and salvation that now they're going back under the law they're going back under Judaism and and they're trying to obtain salvation through things like circumcision and the keeping of the feast and Paul writes to them and says I can't believe that you're already forsaking the spirit and you're returning to the flesh I I can't believe that you're forsaking salvation by grace and you're trying to obtain salvation by the works of your flesh. They're trying to obtain conversion. They're trying to obtain a spiritual conversion through fleshly means. I'm just going to pause here for a moment. I know that there are many that look at a holiness church, uh, and they look at a church that practices holiness, and they look, well, pastor, how can you preach? How can you preach against law when you're a holiness church? There is a difference. Uh, Holiness is not what I do to obtain salvation. Holiness is what is being produced in me because of salvation. Don't misunderstand. We're not legalistic. We do believe in salvation that comes through grace. But if you really get saved it's going to change some things. It's going to change your conversation. It's going to change your perspective. Just want to pause there for a moment and a little commercial break. It's here in this context that Paul reaches back through time and history and recalls the account of Ishmael in Isaac in Galatians chapter 4 and he writes for it is written rejoice thou barren Sarah that bearest not break forth and cry thou that travailest not for the desolate hath many more children than she with hatch and husband not hatch hath and husband I don't know how you hatch a husband if you could figure out how to market that one and sell it there might be a market hatch a husband All right, how do you recover from that? Now, we, brethren, as Isaac was, we are. As Isaac was, we are what? The children of promise. He's he's talking about the people that are born of grace. He's talking about the spirit-born people. Amen. He says, as Isaac was, so are we. We are children of promise. But listen, verse 29. But as then he that was born after the flesh, that's the Ishmael. Ishmael is a type of flesh. It is though it is the decisions that we make in a season of doubt. It, it, is, the, it is the fleshly carnal nature of a man. It's the desire that everybody in this everybody here today will. Well, I don't have an Ishmael in your life, liar, liar, pants on fire. Everybody in this building has fleshly carnal desires. That is the Ishmael nature that is within every one of us in this building today. But Paul writes and says, you need to understand uh, that fleshly side of you, uh, those carnal desires, that fleshly nature, it is persecuting the spiritual nature. Uh, It is persecuting just like it was when Ishmael began to mock Isaac. Uh, So it is that your fleshly desires uh, are persecuting your spiritual desires. Nevertheless, what sayeth the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Amen. Everybody say you got to get Ishmael out of your life. Amen, you've got to get Hagar out of your home. You've got to get Ishmael. That's what the scripture says. If you're going to keep letting your flesh persecute your spirit, you will never never get a hold of the promises of God. If you keep letting your fleshly desires persecute your spiritual desires, you will never get everything that God promised you. So you've got to cast out the bondwoman and her son. Identifies the conflict that we read about in Genesis chapter 21 was not just about a disgruntled wife and a surrogate mother. It's not merely just about a wife dealing with the regret of a decision made in a season of doubt. This is more than just a teenage surrogate son antagonizing a promised child. But Paul identifies this battle between Hagar and Ishmael and Sarah. He identifies this battle between Hagar and Sarah, being uh, 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 of Hagar and Ishmael being cast out as a battle between that which is born of the flesh in our lives and that which is born of the Spirit. In other words, Paul is identifying that within each and every person that is in this building today or watching online, there is an Ishmael and there is an Isaac. Everybody in this building, well, not you, Pastor. Oh, yes. In Pastor, there is an Ishmael, and there is an Isaac, in pastor, there are fleshly desires that if I allow them to, they will persecute the spiritual man. They will keep me from obtaining the promises of God in my life. It's for every person in this building today. I don't care how spiritual you may think you are. There is an Ishmael in your world that is persecuting your spiritual desire. There is an Ishmael in your world, those fleshly carnal desires, that if you're not careful, they will persecute you right out of the promises of God. Somebody's got to make it this teaching today. It's time to get the bond woman and her son out of my house. <inaudible> <exha> fleshly. Within each of us, there are fleshly ideas, thoughts, desires, and dreams—things that are born of the flesh—and there are also promises, destinies dreams, and desires that are born of the Spirit. And he that was born of the flesh, Ishmael, persecuted him that was born of the Spirit, the Isaac. And Paul says, even so it is now. He's writing to a church. He's looking out over a church, even as I am now as a pastor in some uh, sense of responsibility that Paul had to those people. He's thinking about Bo and the potential and the promise that God has upon his life. And Paul is saying, Bo, be careful because there's an Ishmael that will persecute your, your destiny and your calling. It will persecute you right out of the promises of God for your life. And he's looking at a Debbie and seeing the great things that God is doing in Debbie's life. And Paul is saying, Debbie, be careful because there's an Ishmael in your world that if you don't get in my air out of your world. You will not obtain the promise of God. And in modern Christendom, we want to find churches where it's okay to let Ishmael and Isaac live in the same house. Pastor, tell me I can have the promises of God and still have the desires of my flesh. Preacher, tell me it's all right to to be godly and worldly at the same time. But I stand with Paul today and say, you've got to cast out the bondwoman and her son. You can't have both. You can't have the promise and Ishmael at the same time. We're deciding what kind of church will we be? Will we be a church where we let Ishmael and Isaac cohabitate? where the carnal and the spiritual desires cohabitate. Can I tell you, that was back in the day of Sarah and Hagar, and it is today a recipe for disaster. You cannot let those dwell together. Uh, There will be no obtained promise of God as long as Ishmael and Isaac dwell under the same roof. Uh, If you're going to get a hold of the promise of God, then Ishmael's got to go. Uh, If you're going to get a hold of the promise of God, Hagar's got to call you all, uh, because I will not let go of the promises of God. find it interesting that the genesis historic account tells us that ishmael mocked isaac but paul digs a little deeper he says no this wasn't just mocking mocking is you know kind of somebody says something and you say it after them like i'm gonna tell mommy i mean tell mommy that's mocking but paul says no this was more than mocking paul says this was persecution The things of the flesh don't just mock the promises of God. They don't just make fun of the promises of God. The word that is used for persecute there literally means to cause to suffer. Amen. The the, the things of this flesh, they literally cause the promises of God in our life to suffer. Amen. At one time, we held the promises of God in such high regard, but as the flesh begins to mock them, it begins to suffer. It begins to come down in our elevation and estimation. I want a rebirth of a passion for the promises of God. Lord, I want your promises to be the greatest aspiration in my life. I don't want the promises of God to suffer. Now, I'm not going to stay here long this morning, but I want you to know that in this moment, Sarah has a very difficult decision to make. As Sarah sits there watching Ishmael, The fruit of her doubt, persecute Isaac, God's promise in her life. She has a difficult choice to make. She could have remained silent. She could have sat there idle with these thoughts going through her head. Well, it's my fault. I'm the one that told Hagar to go into Abraham. There wouldn't be an Ishmael right now if I wasn't the one that made that decision. It's my doing. The carnal, the fleshly desires, the things that I'm wrestling with because I made a bad decision in a season of doubt. Now I'm dealing, there are people in this building today that Sunday after Sunday you come into church with a difficult decision to make. You're wrestling with the Ishmaels in your world when God is trying to produce promise in your life and you come into church Sunday after Sunday with a difficult decision to make and too many of you walk out out those doors Sunday after Sunday and you let Ishmael stay in your life because you feel responsible for Ishmael. It's my doing. It's my fault. I'm the one that introduced Abraham and Hagar and the surrogate situation. It was the sin that I sowed in my flesh. It was the carnal appetite that I birthed in my season of doubt that gave life to these passions and desires. And now I'm watching Ishmael. I'm watching him persecute Isaac. And I know I should rise up and do something about it, but, but I feel like I'm handcuffed. I feel like I can't because I'm the one that created this situation. And we can allow. Listen to me. We can allow Ishmael to persecute Isaac. We can allow fleshly ambitions and desires. Listen, some of you here today, you deal with guilt and shame over decisions you made in your past. And God is introducing to you today a new future. He's putting to you before you today a new promise. He's putting before you to do it today a new destiny. And too many of you sit there and say, Well, I would, but I've got too much guilt in my life. I wish you'd cast out the bondwoman and her son. I may have failed yesterday, but I will not let you persecute the promises of God. I wish somebody get a hold of what I'm preaching to you right now. Stop letting yesterday's mistake rob you of a destiny and a future. I wish somebody would stand up and look the devil in the eye and say, I know I created Ishmael, but Ishmael, you still got to go. My future is before me. My destiny is before me. I'm not going to allow yesterday's failure to rob me of tomorrow's promise. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room right now. Come on, there is an Isaac right now. There is an Isaac that is being weaned. There is an Isaac that is maturing. Once again, God is producing something in your world. It may have been 13 years between when God spoke it and when it came to pass, but don't you let Isaac be persecuted over the guilt and the shame of yesterday's decisions. What right do I have to cast out Ishmael? He was my idea. I'm speaking in the Holy Ghost right now to some folks in this building that God is trying to elevate you that God is trying to raise you up, that God is giving you d- destiny and dreams. Uh, come on, I'm preaching. It may, it may not be everybody in this building right now, but I'm talking to some folks in here. I'm not just talking to your brain. I'm talking to your spirit. I'm talking to your soul, that God is trying to elevate you, but you won't forgive yourself uh, for Ishmael. Uh, you won't deal with Ishmael because you take responsibility for it. Uh, it's time to let Ismael go uh, and let the promise of God grow. Uh, it's time to tell Ishmael, get out of my tent come on I've only got room for one promise and I'm going to let the promise of God grow yeah. come on Debbie I'm watching what God I, I can pick on Debbie because she loves me too much to get mad at me I get a hug after every service from Debbie uh, scratch that for those, I get a six foot air hug for those of you that I watch online. Debbie loves me Debbie, I'm watching what God is doing in your life. There's an Isaac being produced in your world. Don't let the devil tell you you waited too long. Don't let the devil tell you that you can't have it because of what you did yesterday. Don't let the devil tell you it can't happen because of a choice you made 10 years ago. I'm telling you today is the right day to say, Ishmael, get out of my tent. Uh, Ishmael, get out of my house. You've got every right in the world to tell Ishmael to get out of your house. You've got every right in the world to tell Hagar she's got to go. Somebody right now has a choice to make. There's a promise God is birthing in your spirit. Well, God can't do that in COVID-19. God does stuff like that. Uh, When was it? It was in the middle of persecution that Moses was born. Uh, It was in the middle of a census and taxation that Jesus was born. Don't tell me God can't birth a a, a promise in the middle of a difficult situation. God is birthing promises right now in his church. Uh, But you've got to get Ishmael out of your world and decide Isaac is going to live. I want you to reach your hands. I want you to find somebody around you. I just want you to reach your hand out toward them. Pray. I want some of you to reach up here toward it. Toward, uh, wow! How did that happen, Junior and Edel? I want you to reach your hands out. Come on, God is doing James and Naomi. I want you to reach your hands toward them. Christian flow. Come on, God is doing something, Linda. Come on, Mary, Debbie. All around this building, there are people that you've got Ishmael's in your life. You got some fruit. You got some fruit that was produced in a season of doubt, but God's not done with you. God's not finished with you. It's not over. But you've got to stop letting the enemy control you through guilt and shame over a choice you made in a season of doubt. And it's time for you to say, Ishmael, you've got to go. Stop being responsible for something you can't change. Stop holding yourself accountable for something you can't undo. Give it to God. He gave you a promise because it's time for a new season. If you're in this building and you feel like I'm preaching to you, I want you to stand up and raise your hands toward heaven as high as you can get them. I just simply want you right now to cast Ishmael out of your mind. I want you to get Ishmael out of your thoughts. I want you to be really cruel about it right now. I know it seems like you lack compassion to put a mom and her baby out in the wilderness, but it's the only way the promise can live. It's the only way the promise can grow. Stop beating yourself up over Ishmael. Stop holding yourself accountable for Ishmael. It's over and it's done with. Only God can deal with Ishmael. You've got to nurture the promise. Come on, Ishmael, you've got to go. Ishmael, you've got to get out of this church. Ishmael, you've got to get out of our families. Ishmael, you've got to get out of my mind. come on some of you right now Ishmael is a thought you're contemplating I wish you'd do it before you have to endure 13 years of regret I wish you'd tell Ishmael while he's just a plan in your mind get out of my mind Ishmael I will not produce regret in a season of doubt I'm waiting for the promises of God I rebuke doubt and fear in the name of Jesus. I rebuke guilt and shame in the name of Jesus. I lose every child of God right now that God is birthing promise into their lives from, deal- from being under the heavy weight of regret for yesterday's failure, of yesterday's mistake. It's time to be loose of Ishmael. It's time to be loose of Hagar. And it's time to nurture the Isaac in your life. Come on, get the bondwoman and her son out of your home. Cast out the bondwoman. The Bible says, cast down every imagination, cast down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Cast down every thought that battles against the promises of God. I wish somebody would reach up right now and get a hold of that thought, pull it out of your mind and cast it down. I will not be what Ishmael wanted me to be. I'm producing promise. Come on, somebody, just another few minutes. I feel like we're dealing with some Ishmaels. You can't nurture Isaac until Ishmael's no longer persecuting him. If you want Isaac to grow, you got to get rid of Ishmael. If you want Isaac to grow, you've got to tell Hagar, it's time to go. I release the destiny that God has upon the lives of every individual in this room. I release the promises of God that have been spoken. Some of you are holding on to promises that are 20 years old. Some of you are holding on to promises that are 10 years old. I want you to know that God will do what he said he would do. God is not slack concerning his promise. What he said he would do, he will do. But some of us have gotten a little restless in the waiting. Some of us got a little impatient in the meantime. And we produced some Ishmaels in our lives. I want you to know it does not discount what God promised. It does not cancel God's plan. But you've got to get Ishmael out of your home. Hallelujah. I feel a prophetic spirit. I don't even know what to say. I don't even have the prophetic word. I feel like right now you can open your mouth and begin to speak the promises that God has spoken over you and you can prophesy, not coming up with a new word, but but, but referencing what God has already spoken over your life. Brother Junior, everything. Everything. Junior, everything that God spoke over you. Not since you've been coming to Living Hope. I'm talking about 15-year-old promises. 20-year-old destiny that God's spoken over your life. I want you to know none of the Ishmael that's been created in the mid midtime, in the mid in-between in time, Ishmael is not canceling out what God spoke to you. But today, today has got to be the day that across this room, throughout this building, We stand up and we say, Ishmael, there's the door. I know there are going to be people that look and say, that's not compassionate. That's not very kind of you. But I've got to hold on to the promise of God. I've got to hold on to the promise of God. I've got to get a hold of the promises of God for my life. I want us to stand together. I'm not going to finish the sermon. If you want to know r- later on what that meant, I'll tell you later. But for right now, the Holy Ghost is ministering in a, where we're at right now. So I, I'm asking every person right now, spread those chairs out. We, we'll get them up on the altar. We'll get you up here. That you know God is producing an Isaac in your life, but you're wrestling with an Ishmael. You know that God is trying to take you into another season of promise. But you're having a difficult time because you feel guilty you feel responsible for the Ishmaels in your world and it's preventing you from nurturing Isaac it's beginning to persecute the promise of God in your life if that's you I want you to come right now and we're going to stand at this altar together I want you to come, come up on the, altar, on the platform I know I'm preaching to somebody, ain't nobody moving yet but I'm still preaching to you whether you come or not come on I can call names if y'all need me to I know some of you, that, there we go, some of you are moving now, they said, well, we might as well, he's going to start naming names. Can I, I'll just share this with you. Ishmael, the weakness of the flesh, goes and hides under a tree. And Ishmael, the weakness of the flesh, begins to cry under that tree. If it would have been that God looked at Isaac and said, I hear you right where you are, that would make sense. But God didn't do that. He looked at Ishmael. He looked at the weakness of the flesh. He looked at the very weakest moment in in, in Sarah's life. And he heard the cry of the weakness of the flesh. And he said, I hear you right where you are. I want you to know right now there are people in this room right now that you think God can't handle the weakness of your flesh. And you think God is discounting you because of a struggle in your life that you can't get beyond, that you can't get over. I want you to know that God knows right where you are. Well, if God knew, let me just give you a little secret. God does know. Well, if God knew what I'm really struggling with, he wouldn't. Let me just help you out. God knows everything you struggle with. God knows about things you struggle with that you don't even know you struggle with and god hears you right where you are when the weakness of the flesh begins to cry out god i need you lord i need you i want you to know god isn't just listening for isaac he's not just listening for the spiritual nature he's listening and he hears the cry of the very weakest part of you all right today and you know that God is calling you to greater things you know God is calling there's a destiny on your life there's a promise attached to your life but you're dealing with the guilt and the remorse and the shame of what you produced in the in-between while you were waiting when you got impatient when you were in a place of uncertainty and doubt and you made some decisions and now you're living with an ishmael in your home and now today is the day that god is saying all right it's time to deal with ishmael it's time to tell ishmael to go so that isaac can grow right now here at this altar i want you to lift your hands Throughout this building, I want you to raise your hands. I don't know what your Ishmael is. I don't know what decisions you look back on with regret. I don't know what you feel like every time you begin to think about promises and destiny and what God is calling you to do. And all of a sudden, those thoughts come up and begin to persecute the dreams and the desire to be used of God. They say things like, well, if the church ever found out? And if the pastor ever found out, and if your brother or your sister that shakes your hand every Sunday and smiles at you, but if they really knew who you were, that's an Ishmael. But Ishmael, it's time for you to go. So right now, I want you to get really personal about your Ishmael. I want you to get really personal about those decisions that you made in a season of doubt and uncertainty. And I want you to get as real with God as you can. Don't worry, God is, God hears you right where you are. In the name of Jesus, I pray throughout this building. In the name of Jesus, Lord, today, in the Holy Ghost. I believe, God, that the Genesis chapter 21 promises of God. Hallelujah, that Genesis chapter 20 when the Spirit of the Lord came and the Bible says He did unto Sarah what He said He would do. He did what he told Sarah all along he was going to do, but now Sarah's got a decision to make uh, because my fleshly nature, my fleshly desires uh, are beginning to persecute my spiritual appetite, uh, and I've got a choice to make. Uh, Either I can live being persecuted by my flesh, uh, or I can live strengthening the Isaac
0: in my life. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm